Good morning. We worship God different than anybody else. And I'm not saying we, the salt mine, but I'm saying those who serve a living God worship different. Because there is a difference in the fact that He is living. And we know that we aren't just singing into the open air. I'm not singing for you to hear. You don't want to hear. <laughs> We're singing for our God to hear. We're singing for our God to hear. Audience of one. And Eric's been talking about the living God. Resurrection power and the living God, all this stuff. And we're going to go there this morning as well. I'm going to read two verses that are going to kind of prime us this morning. First in Hebrews 3, verses 7 and 8. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. And Job 33, 14 for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. We serve a God who speaks, because He is the living God. We serve a God who speaks. And there's two things that I shared last week that I'm going to share again this week. One, that you're created for this. You're created for the community that we have here together as, as a church fellowship. We were, from the beginning, created for community, to worship our God together as brothers and sisters. You belong here. This is where you're supposed to be. If you come in on Sunday morning and feel like, man, this just feels right, and when you're apart from it for a week or two, you feel like, man, I'm missing something, that's because you're missing what you're created for. There's kind of this, in, there's this inner sense that we have that this is for us. Amen? Yes. And the second thing is this. God has something for you. God has something for you. He has prepared a message for you. He's continually speaking to you, but we don't just come here so that you guys can hear from Stephen or from Eric or that you can hear whoever's singing this morning. We come to hear from God because he has something for us. In fact, the prayer every Sunday morning is that God would speak to our hearts every Sunday morning, and then we couple it with God soften and open our hearts that we may hear to, from you and respond to you correctly. Because if you're in the room, or you're listening on the podcast, or you're a human in existence anywhere, God's speaking to you at this very moment. And it could be one of various things. It can be a word of encouragement. It can be something that's going to sustain and nourish you. It could be something that's going to guide and correct you, but God is speaking to you because he has a message specifically for you. To a degree, I, when I'm preparing a message, I do care about the words that, that I've prepared that are in my notes. But I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, saying words beyond what I could ever speak or hope to speak to. Because he knows your circumstance, he understands you personally, the issues in your heart, the thoughts in your mind, what your week was like, and what it's going to be like. And so though I may be speaking physically one thing, what's important is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Amen? Because our God speaks. He speaks. And what a wonderful reality that is. 
that the voice that commanded into existence all of creation speaks to me through various ways. The voice that said, let there be light. The voice that divided the sea and the land is speaking to you. Is that the voice we want to hear from? Yeah. So God is speaking, and our goal is to hear and to respond correctly. That's our goal, to hear and to respond correctly. The way we hear is with an open, soft heart. Father, open my heart to receive from you. And soft because, Lord, I want to respond correctly to the words that you are saying. Because this is the voice of the living God. And we're going to talk about some characteristics of of his voice, distinctions that are made because our God is alive and speaks from life. And that's a crucial element that we're just going to focus on just a little bit. In a world full of opinions and thoughts and voices, it's important that we chase down, we focus in on, and that we hear from the God who is speaking from life. Amen? The God who is speaking from life. Not just an echo of my own voice. Not just something else I agree with. But the God who's speaking from his own life. In Psalm 135, verses 15 and 17, it says this, The idols of the nations are merely things of silver and gold. Shaped by human hands, they have mouths but cannot speak, and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, mouths but cannot breathe. Our God speaks, hears, acts, and lives above all else. This is our God. And our idols today may not look like golden figurines. Sometimes I think they still do look like physical objects. But they may not look like golden figurines. Myth and legend may not come in the same form as it used to. But nonetheless, we have idols today. Money, power, selfishness, our own own pride, things like these. Culture, identity, our, our preferences. All idols simply reflect man. That's what they do. They simply reflect man. It's as if we're holding up a mirror to ourselves and then begin bowing down. This is what idols are. Say, I prefer this over the true God. And what Paul says in Romans still applies today, Romans 1.23, and they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And today, we replace the voice of the immortal God with voices that resemble our own. And this is something we have to be careful of. The voices that we listen to aren't simply echoes of our own, things that I would prefer to hear, that I like to hear. Because that just turns your own voice into an idol. So the decision is before us to choose the voice of the living God and turn from all others. To choose the voice of the living God and turn from all others. In 1 Kings, we get, a, we get a picture of this with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. There's a little showdown that's going to happen between God and Baal. And he puts the decision before the people. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve Baal? Are you going to serve God? And this is how he puts it in 1 Kings 18.21. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver? hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. 
the people were completely silent. The choice is simple. Follow the voice of the living God. Whichever is living, follow that. Because what your life needs is, well, it seems pretty obvious, but life, right? And life only comes from the, from the one who is living. So don't be double-minded. Don't try to have both. Choose God, and they have a showdown. There's a showdown that happens, and the prophets of Baal, you're familiar with the story, I'm sure, but just in case, the prophets of Baal, they decide, okay, here's how the showdown's going to go. We're going to build our separate altars, and the God that we can get to ignite and consume the altar, that is, that is God. So they build their altar, and they, they go on for hours trying to convince or awaken or whatever their God to ignite their, their offering that they have before their God. And Elijah then pokes fun at them. Oh, maybe he's too busy. Maybe, maybe he can't hear you. Speak louder. Uh, maybe, maybe he's on the pot. That's not my joke. That's his, okay? Maybe, maybe you know, I had, to, I had to clarify that. He, he's saying all these excuses, and he says, okay, now it's my turn. You've had your time. Now it's my turn. And he first commands, okay, this is, this is my off, offering that I've made. He, built, he builds up the altar with stone, wood, then he puts the... Uh, then he puts the, the calf on top. And then he commands, hey, we're going to dump jars and jars and jars and jars of water. And they even make a trench around the offering so that the water can pool up in the trench. Saying, I don't want there to be any doubt. Okay, there's no trickery here. And then this is what happens. Elijah's going to call on God. This is 1 Kings 18, 37 and 38. It says, oh, Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have brought them back to yourself. And immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and even licked up all of the water in the trench. All of the water in the trench. He speaks, and his voice is power. Choose the God who is living and who speaks in power. This voice is available to us, a voice of loving power speaking into your life continually, a voice which is active today because he lives, because he lives. And because he's speaking from life, he is the only one that can invite us into life. Focus for a minute on, on kind of the weight of that. Because he is the only one speaking from life, he is the only one that can invite us into life. So you see the issue when we begin listening to other voices. You see the issue when we begin listening to ourselves or following other logics or the other ways that we believe are going to be right. They don't get you what you're after. They don't get you life. They only result in death. Decay and destruction. Only the one who speaks from life has the power and authority to call us to and give us life. Our God lives. Our God has defeated death and now gives the gift of life to all who call on his name. This is our God. He speaks from power. His voice is power. Look at Psalm 29 verse 4. This is a text we sent out yesterday. The voice of the Lord is powerful, and the voice of the Lord is majestic. 
It's awe-inspiring. It puts all others to shame. Amen? Amen. Amen. It is above all else. This is his voice. This is why we're so eagerly waiting for him to speak to us. So trying to tune our hearts to hear from him. His voice is power. He says, live and the dead bones come to life. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out, and the dead man walks out of the tomb. His voice literally holds, it says this in Hebrews, his voice literally holds every molecule in the universe together. If he were to cease speaking, it all ceased to exist. This is his voice, a voice of power. In Matthew 8, we see his power demonstrated. We see his power demonstrated in the interaction between Jesus and the Roman centurion. He comes up to Jesus and he says, just say the word and I know my servant will be healed. And now we know this story is a, is a story of understanding Jesus' authority. But look at what the centurion does. He seeks out the voice that had the power and authority to command life. He seeks out the voice that had the power. This is the voice we're after. The voice of the living God who has the power. And so the question on our minds today is, am I seeking the voice of power? Am I after the voice that has authority? Does my, is my life being directed by that voice or some other? Because there's one voice with power for your life. There's one voice that can comfort you, that can sustain you, that can give you endurance, provide you uh, with the miracle that you seek. That's why, you know, we pray to the living God for a miracle to happen in our lives. We don't go anywhere else. We go to God. It's the voice that will give you wisdom, produce life where there has only been death, and light where only darkness has existed. We seek his voice. We, often, we know this, that if, there's, if, if I've gone astray in my life, it's probably because I was listening to a different voice. Can we agree with that? Yeah. I think we can. And most of the time, it's just a voice that I nod to. Yeah, I like that. That sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? That, that does sound like a good idea. That person doesn't deserve this, or that person does deserve this. Whatever it may be, there's a million circumstances. But this is the voice of power. But this is also the voice that is guiding us. His voice is our guide. His voice is our guide. In fact, you who call yourselves follower of Jesus, followers of Jesus, you who have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you, this journey a new life that you now walk began with him calling you out of darkness. Just like the song we sang and just like the verse we're going to read, out of darkness and into his marvelous light, you responded to his voice speaking to you. 1 Peter 2.9, we're reading the second half of the verse, says this, As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
This is what has happened. Your journey start with him calling you, him speaking to you, him saying, come out of there, Lazarus, dead man, out of the tomb. I can just re- replace, put any name there. Come out of there, Stephen, dead man, into my wonderful life, into the light and out of the darkness. This is his guiding voice for us. You now dwell in light with life because you heard and responded to his voice. His voice is our guide, the guide for your life. You understand that, students? His voice is the guide for your life. It's the only one that leads to life. It's the only one that leads out of darkness into light. And his voice always leads there. Just like the dead bones, just like Lazarus, we're called out. Hey, dead man come to life. And his voice continues to this day and will for the rest of your being be a voice that calls you to remain in his light. Every step of my life, I'm wanting to put my ear to his voice with a soft heart saying, okay, what what do I do to remain in your life? What do I do to remain in your light? That's why it's so important that we stay connected to his voice. So let his voice be your guide. In youth group, about once a year, I play play a game. I play lots of games every week, okay? I sound sound different. I just need to clarify, we do play games every week. But there's a game that we play, and we take up about 20 feet of this space up here, and I fill the space with cups of full water to the brim all over the place. And we blindfold one student, We have them take their shoes off, make sure they're wearing their socks. We blindfold them and have them attempt to make it through all of these cups of water. They get one or two steps. And then we say, you can go ahead and pick a a friend who's going to stand at the other end and they'll guide you. And what happens is the students, they take steps very carefully with an ear to the voice that's guiding them, right? And they make sure to pick a friend that's not going to steer them wrong, right? But then we do this. We have all the students come up, and we ask everyone to give directions. But only the voice at this end is going to give the correct directions. So now what are they doing? They're really slow trying to pick out that one voice that guides us. Because they know that there's only one voice that's going to lead me to make the right decision and the right step, and that's going to guide me through and the illustration is this, through the darkness in this world. Because I can't see tomorrow. I don't know what lays ahead of me a year from now. I, I, I don't know. I have a good understanding because of the Holy Spirit in general direction, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I, I need to know what to do, where to go, day by day by day. I need the guiding voice, amen? And how many of you know there's constant bombardment of voices coming at you from every direction? Half of them coming from inside me, (laughs) saying you're doing it wrong, you're failing. There's all these kinds of voices that just speak into your life. So how important is it now that we listen to the voice of God, the voice of truth, just even to combat the voice of my flesh, who wants to tell me I don't add up, who wants to tell me I'm not good enough, who wants to tell me that I'm not worth it? Who wants to tell me that I'm not loved? 
Who wants to tell me that I need their approval and not his? There's thousands of these, yeah? We wrestle with every day. There's one voice that guides us. One voice that knows where the right step is. One voice that knows light and life. This is the guiding voice of our Heavenly Father. And we know this verse here in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is his voice. This is how he speaks to guide his people who exist in a dark world, but to illuminate their path with his voice. To illuminate their path with his voice. This illuminating light is the guiding voice His word and the Holy Spirit in us, the voice of the shepherd which his sheep know. You know his voice. You do. Just like the student on this end, blindfolded, knows the voice of their good friend over here. And they're trying to hear through all the other noise to find the voice of the one that they know will guide them. There's no need for any confusion by his voice because we have clarity. The Lord speaks clearly, you know that? He's not a God of confusion. He speaks clearly. The problem arises when other voices get into the mix. Adam and Eve found this out. In in contrast to Adam and Eve, Jesus is led into the wilderness where he's to be tempted. So the devil comes up to him and says, oh, I see you've been here 40 days. And he begins tempting him. Why don't you turn these stones to bread and all these others? But Jesus responds with this, this first one. And actually all of his, are, all of his responses are actually quotes of Scripture. This first one kind of sets the stage. Man shall not, this is Matthew 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus sees the voice of God as an aspect of his provision. I need bread, I need water, I need light, I need his voice, and I have it, so I am provided for. And just as we see food and water as necessities to our life, so his voice is necessary, and it's what provides us nourishment. Amen? Jesus responds... I'm summarizing. I have a voice by which I'm guided by. I have a voice I can trust. I have a voice that is guiding my way. I'm provided for. My God will give me bread. My God will give me water. I know this. He's already given me his voice. And he'll give me it when I need it. So rely and trust in his voice as an aspect of his provision. He's provided you so much else. He's provided you life. He'll continue to provide his voice. So we have a sure guide who leads us to life again and again and again, guides us to remain in his life. But just as his voice is a guide, his voice is an anchor. It's what anchors us. His voice keeps us firmly planted on what is true, what is right, what is good, and what is profitable. Firmly planted. Matthew 7, 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now this is the, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Greatest sermon to ever be preached. And Jesus is saying, listen, 
your life can be anchored. It's by the voice of God. It's by these words that I am speaking to you now. Your life has an anchor. And the picture that he gives these people, he says, it's like a house that's being built on a firm foundation, on a rock, on something that can hold it. But then he says, but when the flood waters come, it will remain. It will remain. Listen, they're not talking about these slow flood waters. They're talking about a violent, aggressive flash flood. They come without warning, and, they, and they're, all they have is a destructive force. And they leave destruction in their wake. And this is a lot like life. How do you know life's going to throw stuff at you? It's a crazy time. There's violent, aggressive forces that can pop up out of nowhere and that will just wreck your life if you aren't anchored. This is the picture that Jesus said. This is how you prepare for uncertainty, how you safeguard yourself in a dark world. You anchor yourself by my word. You live a life that hears my voice and responds correctly. This is Jesus' solution. A firm foundation and an anchor that is able enough to hold the house. An anchor means that I thrive no matter the circumstance. I remain no matter the circumstance. I know I'm secure. And you can tell a secure person by what their life is anchored by. This is why a lot of times you either have a pastor or a friend that may provide a warning to other people's life. You know, see, I see that your life isn't anchored by the word, the voice of God. So I can only assume that destruction is going to come soon enough. So the Lord puts people in your life. He may even put circumstance in your life. He may speak to, through another to you, hey, hey, you aren't anchored correctly. Get anchored correctly. Secure your house. Secure your house. When we're talking about, uh, we, we prayed or we sang in that first song, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. This is what we're talking about. That's why in the bridge it says, I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about the storms of life because I have a firm foundation. I don't have to worry. A firm foundation is strong. It holds. It's there. There's no, there's no, there's no worry in that. So what is the anchor in your life? And is it the voice of God? Is it you hearing from the Lord, rather, whether it be through Scripture, whether it be through the Holy Spirit, whether it be through a brother or sister that the Lord is speaking to, through? Are you hearing from him with a soft heart in such a way that you're responding correctly? And by responding correctly, I'm saying that your life is a life of action that lives out the words, lives them out. Not just knows them, but lives them out. This is what it means to be anchored and secure. In Psalm 28:1, David puts it like this. He says, to you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest, I, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. 
What he's saying here is, listen, if I don't have the voice of God, I might as well be dead. If I don't have the voice of God, I am cut off from the thing that is providing for me and giving me life. This word pit gives us uh, two, pictures, uh, two pictures here. One, it could just mean dead. I'm, I'm dead. But two, it could mean I am separate from the high places where the Heavenly Father is. Neither of those are great options, right? I want to be where God is, where life is. I want to be provided for. So he's saying, where am I without my anchor? Where am I without my foundation? I might as well be as good as dead. Because without an anchor, I'm just going to be tossed to and fro. Without an anchor, every time I think I've built a strong house, it's going to be wiped out. Without an anchor, I am not provided for and I am not secured against the uncertainty of life. So I need my anchor. I need the voice of God in my life. Amen? I need the voice of God in my life. All of this to to say this one point, seek his voice. Seek his voice because your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. I like saying that because whenever we say your life depends on it, it it communicates a couple things. One, you need this thing vitally. Two, there's a sense of urgency, right? Like I need to get it. And three, I need to keep a firm grasp on it. Your life depends on it. So seek it now and keep a firm grasp on it. Choose who you will serve. Serve the Lord. Because as for me and my house... I will serve the Lord. So choose who you will serve. And Scripture reminds us all over that he's not hiding his voice from us. He's not hiding his voice from us. It's, it's everywhere. He, he is speaking to you continually. He is speaking all the time. He has something, he has something for you. Because it says this, seek me and you will find me. Those who seek me will find me. I tell students this, I said last week, he's the worst hide-and-go-seek player ever. He does not hide from you. He doesn't. He wants to be found. So he presents himself as obviously as possible. As obviously as possible. That's why in the verse that we started, it didn't say if the Lord speaks to you. It says when the Lord speaks to you. When he speaks to you, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Because he's going to speak. So when he does, don't harden your heart. Respond correctly. It's like my phone. I don't have my phone on me. Probably a good thing. But, you know, you have apps on your phone. And I don't know if on your guys, on my message app, there's like a little red bubble next to it. And it tells me how many messages I have, right? I think on mine, it says like 300 and something unread messages. And then on my... Yeah, you get this one, though. On my email one, it's like 15,000 unread messages. I got a message from Google this past week. So we're going to start deleting these messages because you've used up all of your data or all your uh, uh, space, all your storage space. But you, there's a message waiting for you if you would just soften your heart to hear his voice and respond correctly. There's a message for you. All the time, my, my watch buzzes telling me, hey, you have a message. Hey, there's a notification. Hey, you got something going on. And if, and if this was connected to, I don't know, the voice of God notifying me when, it'd just be on constant 
just going all the time. You know there's people that send you long messages? Just be just these piles of messages for you because God has something to say for you. Every Sunday morning we get here, he's provided a word for you. He's speaking to your heart at this moment. I don't know exactly what he's saying, but I know that it's something that's going to lead to life. I know that's something that's going to be that's going to produce light in your life. I do know that. This is why we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Every day there's something for us. Every day. So we seek his voice by doing this. Seek his voice in his word. Seek his voice in his word. This isn't just a book. It's not just full of some some ancient writings of a bunch of guys that died a long time ago and now we have their thoughts on the world? No, he, he, has, he has written it down for you. Because in Hebrews it says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Seek his voice in his word. There's something for you. You know, every, everybody's always shocked. Oh, I, I read my Bible today, and it spoke exactly to my circumstance. It's because there's a living God who knows your circumstance, and there's a Holy Spirit inside you saying, hey, this is how you apply this to your life today. This is, this is what this means. That's that piercing. That's that knowing the intentions of the heart. This is why we're so adamant, be in his word. Know his word. It's an anchor, it's a guide, it's power, it's life. And then we seek him in prayer all the time. And Jesus commands us in Matthew 6, but he said, go go seclude yourself in a secret place, you and God alone. Make this a habit of your life. Go and pray. And all the time, Jesus' disciples are turning and they're like, where is Jesus? And he either pops up from praying or they go and find him and he's off somewhere praying alone. Jesus understands the importance of being connected to the voice of the Father. Seek his voice in prayer. Be with him. And then I seek his voice by staying attentive to the Holy Spirit. He's given the Holy Spirit to you at, to, to be to your advantage, a comfort, a friend, a guide. Be attentive to what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you because he's alive. He'll direct you. He'll, he'll tell you what to do. This is, this, is, this is in part like I can't tell you how many times that I have begun speaking to someone out of the blue about God or Scripture. And I walk away from that conversation going, you know, I didn't, I didn't, if I could have planned that conversation, I, would have, I don't think I would have said any of those things. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me in those moments. And you're going to encounter those times all, all the time. Holy Spirit guiding you on what to do, what to say, how to act. Yes. A constant guide in your life. That's why we don't have to be afraid about sharing our faith. You don't have to know everything. The Holy Spirit will take care of it because it's not your voice that calls people to light in life. It's the voice of God. And we seek him in community. 
right here. We seek him in community, understanding that his word may come through another. It may come through another. God may choose to present a truth to me through another. In fact, various times in our, in our service at the end, and I, and I think Leslie did it last week, you come up and say, hey, the Lord has a word for somebody who wants to do something in somebody. That's the Lord saying, I'm trying to get a message through to you, and I'm going to use someone to do it. Because he has a message for you. He's going to speak to you in various ways, and it may be through another. With all that, here's what we do. We're commanded in 1 John to compare everything to what is true in his word. It says, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit that they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. So we, we don't need to be confused by which voice is the voice of God. He's given us a way to test and to show and to prove. Let's call the worship team up. Gather, gather peoples. So our living God speaks. Our living God speaks. There's something that he has for you this morning. You may already know what it is. It may come later today. It may be a word of encouragement for you. It may be something that's going to sustain and nourish you for this week. It, it might be something, it may be a word of correction. He may, he may have a word of conviction for you this morning. But our goal is to soften our hearts to respond to his voice correctly. Amen? Respond to his voice correctly because he is the God who is living and so from life can invite you to life and direct you to stay in it. He is the God of power who can command in your life. This is the same voice that said dead bones live. This is the same voice that said Lazarus or Stephen or whomever come to life. His voice is the voice that guides us. How many of you guys need a guide? Because how many of you guys know what tomorrow brings? None of us, right? And his voice is the one that anchors us, that secures us against whatever life may throw. And life is throwing. And it's coming at you hard. And it's going to come when you least expect it. And destruction can be found in the life of the person who isn't anchored to the voice of God. So this is why we say thank you, Lord, for your voice, for providing your voice to us. So, Father, we thank you. We see your voice as a necessary aspect, a provision in our life. We need it just as much as we need food and water. We crave your voice. And, Father, I ask that you speak clearly to us daily that we would soften our hearts to hear from you and respond to you correctly. Thank you, Father, for calling us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. We worship you this morning. Amen.